Anything combat with Johnny K. But it's anything combat though. Welcome back, Combats the Anything Combat Show, wherein we discuss everything mixed martial arts. I'm your host, Johnny K, and today we're joined by a special guest. He's a boxing influencer on Instagram. I would consider him a motivational speaker. Uh, he's got a story to tell, and he's an in real life GDA5 character. Please welcome Shark Strong. How are you, Shark? Doing well. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. So, have you ever really released your full name? Your full name can't be Shark, right? It can't be. Yeah. Um, my real name is actually Bogdan. Uh, I'm Ukrainian. Like you already mentioned, I was born and raised in Ukraine. So I have a Ukrainian name. It's just uh, Shark is a nickname that I got from swimming. I grew up as a swimmer, competitive swimmer. And um, I got in, like I got it, that nickname from swimming. And it just kind of stuck with me. And another reason when I moved to the United States, nobody could pronounce my name right. Everybody would butcher it. So, and it just, and uh, it's like annoying as hell to me when I hear my name mispronounced. So I was like, you know what? Like I have this nickname and it's actually an English word. So you can pronounce it better than I do. So go ahead. Like, why don't we stick to my nickname? <laughs> exactly. you know and i went to college and even all my professors called me shark like my my teammates everybody i knew my coaches like everybody knows me it kind of became my real name now <laughs> how do you say your surname gribinuk yeah that sounds very uh eastern european yeah um so so you went to college, went to university. What did you study there and which uh, uni did you go to? Yeah, so I went to college in uh, Westchester, Pennsylvania, which is right outside Philadelphia. Uh, amazing area. People are huge on boxing and combat sports over there. So, you know, it was a perfect place for me to, you know, that's where I actually started and got into combat sports. Uh, but anyways, what did I study? Uh, my major was in athletic coaching and uh, professional education. So I kind of, um, you know, my business now is around coaching people and personal training. So it's kind of aligned with what I do. But yeah, I came to the United States in 2011 and, um, you know, graduated college, at, you know, Five years later, it took me five years to graduate. Just then, you said that you were introduced to combat sports at your college. That was the question that I was going to ask you next. Who introduced you to boxing and when did that all start for you? Yeah, so uh, I always wanted to box even growing up in Ukraine. But um, I live with my parents and, uh, you know, I asked like, I was making no money in Ukraine. So I was like, growing up as a kid, I would ask my mom and dad, hey, can I join this boxing club or whatever? And they would always say no, because they were like, you're gonna get your you know, brain damage there and shit like this. So uh, I never actually got into boxing in Ukraine. But when I came to the United States, you know, my family was still in Ukraine. So I was like, you know, uh, now it's, like up to me what I do and uh although I was a competitive swimmer and full-time you know I was training for swim training for swimming twice a day 
but swimming season is about seven months long and then you get five months out of the year where you're basically your training schedule is basically up to you so i would still swim to keep myself in shape you know in swimming shape because swimming shape and fighting shape is two different things um but i got it i found a local gym in westchester it was like mostly it was boxing muay thai and there was like two jiu-jitsu classes per week or some shit like that and that's when i got into combat sports and um yeah, so my first off-season in the United States after swimming season was wrapped up, I just went to this local gym and I, I got into combat sports. So we know how good you are at boxing, but I didn't know that you trained a little bit of Muay Thai. So what's your knee, elbow, clinch game and kicks like? Uh, it's very basic, you know. Uh, I'm not claiming to be like some kind of insane professional or anything i just love what i do you know what i mean i i'm in love with this game i'm a fan i'm a fan of boxing i'm a fan of mma uh i follow it i watch it i admire it i love the lifestyle the vibe i love boxing movies like i'm all about it you know what i mean and i i train muay thai i took muay thai classes back in pennsylvania but you know, I never competed. In boxing, I was actually, a, like, I was in it full-time. I was training with the team. I was going around Pennsylvania, sparring in Philly, in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, West Grove, Pennsylvania. There's, I got to spar with some professionals. I got to spar with some uh, Golden Gloves champions, with national champions. I got some real good experience training boxing not as much of a good experience in Muay Thai or Jiu Jitsu. Jiu Jitsu, I took classes for probably three months and then the coach who was in our gym left to another gym. So Jiu Jitsu classes got wrapped up in our, in our gym, but I'm actually thinking about restarting, uh, you know, Jiu Jitsu training now because I actually believe that it's a superior martial art. Um, and, um, you know, right now I have a, uh, my wife and I, we had a baby about a, a year ago and I actually want jujitsu to be one of his first sports. I will obviously teach him how to box, but I definitely want to sign him up for jujitsu because, you know, it teaches a lot of great things, self-defense, first of all, but as you already know, a lot of it is mental and just like qualities such as respect, good sportsmanship, etc. So... Yeah, I, I'm a huge game, fight fight game fan, for real. <laughs> so you just brought up jiu-jitsu. I totally agree with you about the mental aspects of jiu-jitsu. Just the reputation, the responsibility that um, people are bestowed when they get into BJJ. It's, it is a very good martial art. It's up there with the best. But when it comes to straight grappling, I actually... I do have to say I prefer wrestling and judo. Now, why would you think that BJJ is a superior mm. sport? Would you say that it's a superior martial art due to the mental aspects or the tech, the technical aspects? What are you honing in on to say that one's superior to the other? Well, we've actually seen boxers come into MMA and get butchered on the ground 
and get choked and, and armbarred and shit, and shit. We've actually seen it. We've seen James Tony come to UFC. We've seen other guys who are incredible stand-up guys, uh, but they got destroyed by high-level jiu-jitsu guy. You know what I mean? When when the rules allow both stand-up and, and the ground game, uh, I believe high-level jiu-jitsu guy will be high-level boxing guy. That's just what I think. This is what I've seen in the octagon. Like, it's been, it's happened in the UFC. Um, now, with that being said, do I think if uh, a good stand-up guy knows how to defend takedowns, then he has an edge? Probably yes, because any, any fight starts standing up. Right, so if if I'm good standing up, and if it can stop whoever's uh, better than me on the ground, if I can stop them to getting me to the ground, then I have an edge, right? So just kind of you know, I don't know, just kind of my thinking pattern, I guess. Sure. So Sambo is a really big sport in Russia. I think they might have it in Uzbekistan. You were from Ukraine. Did that deal with this Samboists in Ukraine? Yeah, they practice Sambo in Ukraine. I see. Okay, yeah, I didn't know that part. Did, were you ever introduced to Sambo as a sport? Uh, like I said, I never got into combat sports until I came to the United States and I was 20 years old. So, no. I see. So when you were sparring in America, who were the reputable names that you were sparring against? Oh, um, there, there's a guy. His name is Baim Billups. He's from, uh, he's from Eastern Pennsylvania. I don't know exactly what town he is. Uh, he's been a Pennsylvania Golden Gloves champion a couple years in a row. He went to nationals. Uh, he trained with uh, Coach Dwayne from uh, Straight 2-3 Boxing. Uh, now they based out of um, Kenneth Square, Pennsylvania. Um, uh, Coach Dwayne actually has a son. His name is uh, Cornelio Phipps. Uh, he goes by Chada. And he's actually, he's been a multiple-time national champion as an amateur. And I believe he made it to Olympic tri not Olympic trials. He's been a part of a national team and I'm not going to say exactly what it is, but he went to some kind of international competition and scored a medal there. So he's like a very high level amateur, uh, still very young. I believe he's around maybe 15 years old right now. Um, I believe we're going to see him compete at Olympics one day. But yeah, th this is this is the area where I was boxing, Eastern Pennsylvania. Um, another another guy who I I got to spar with, who was a professional. His name is, uh, his name is. Um, I apologize that I'm not sharp with names like this, uh, but um, yeah, I mean Philadelphia is known for boxing. You know what I mean? People are Rocky fans over there. There's a there's a bunch of good gyms there. I mean, Danny Garcia's gym is there. Um, yeah, they're like my career was not long, uh, but 
in the couple of years that I did box there, you know, I got to meet some some great coaches and, and fighters as well. I went to um, Lancaster, Pennsylvania and uh, trained at uh, Barry Stumps uh, boxing gym. He's a, he used to be an Olympic uh, team coach, one of the coaches of the Olymp- USA uh, National Olympic team. Uh, great guy, has a great gym, su- like super cool vibe there, like like Rocky, you know, old school style, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah. We love combat sports, but unfortunately it leads to brain damage. You mentioned that previously. I would like to ask you, how often do you spar per week? And what's the intensity? What intensity do you go at? Do you try and spar hard, like a lot of boxing old school coaches? Or do you try and take the tie approach, which is more the um, putting your foot off the gas and more trying to trick your opponent? So light spar. Great question. So I'm actually not a boxing coach. I'm a boxing and fitness trainer. Boxing for fitness and boxing for competition are two different worlds. They are very, very different. And I got a taste of both worlds uh, because I did live and and train and even compete a little bit as a boxer. But now, since 2017, I've been doing personal training and I've been training people for fitness. So none of the people who I work with are competitive boxers and um you know with that being said i still do some sparring with them but we don't do punches to the head we do shoulder and body sparring and we obviously communicate you know what i mean i whenever i spar with my client it's always like i said shoulder and body sparring and i say hey i'm not trying to hurt you you're not trying to hurt me you know let's have fun with it let's take it easy on the power Let's work on skills. Let's work on footwork. Let's work on on movement, positioning, changing levels, feints, all that. But we're not trying to hurt each other. So, yeah, we keep, I keep it friendly with my clients uh, because, you know, there is no point, you know. So you brought up just before about, you know, working on fainting. One fighter that I would like to bring up to you that is really good when it comes to positional footwork and fainting game is Vasily Lomachenko. He's my favorite Ukrainian boxer. Who would you say is the Ukrainian boxer that you've taken the most out of, tried to implement their style, or you just appreciate their game the most? Man, I'm a huge fan of Lomachenko. It's a shame what happened with his career recently, like after loss to um, Teofimo Lopez. And right now, I mean, many people think he won his fight uh, versus Haney as well. And, you know, uh, but it is what it is. This is boxing. It's all part of the game, including politics and all that shit. So, um, But that being said, you know, to answer your question, who do I uh, kind of took most like inspiration from as far as Ukrainian boxers? I would say Lomachenko is up there. I love Usyk as well. Um, I mean, how can you not respect uh, Klitschko brothers? Uh, Look what how how long they reigned 
in the heavyweight, you know. Um, also, Gvozdik is a really good boxer, and I like his style. Very, very sharp fundamentals. Uh, but yes, yeah, as far as like skill and uh, excitement and style, I mean, my style is not nothing close to what Lomachenko is doing. Uh, but I did try to kind of implement some of his footwork, like the way he shifts stances and all that and changes angles. I love it. Yeah, his, his style is very exciting. What was the shift in your mindset that made you go from a mediocre, um, uh, how can we say, mediocre training to really putting that hard work in day in and day out to achieve your goals? Because right now, your physique is, in my opinion, the best it's ever been because I scrolled through all your Instagram and I can see the progress that you've made and you've made a shit ton of progress in, to be honest, a short amount of time. Yeah, so three years ago, I was actually battling cancer. And uh, right after I finished chemotherapy, I, I think that was the worst shape out of my, from, you know, in my life. I looked like shit. I felt like shit. I lost all my muscle mass. I could not perform. I don't think I could do 10 push-ups. I couldn't do one pull-up. Uh, I was all kind of bloated and shit, and um, obviously I had no cardio. Like I was standing up from the couch, and my head was spinning. Uh, what it was the question? What did, what did it take to get here to where I am now? The question was more: What was that awakening in you? What was that switch that made you really yeah. take your training seriously? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, not to say that I didn't take my training seriously before I did train my training seriously before <clears throat> but um, you know I've come obviously I've come to realization uh, like I started valuing life to a way greater degree I could have died to cancer three years ago I could have just died like in fact you know Anthony Rumble Johnson right Anthony Rumble Johnson, MMA fighter who fought in the UFC, he died from the, to the same cancer that I had. And he was, what, 42? I saw you post that on your Instagram. When I read that, that made me, that made me feel a certain way because I was such a fan of Rumble and for you two to share the same disease. That shit is no joke. I mean, I was going through my treatment at, you know, UCLA Hospital, which is a uh, number one hospital in the California at the time and number four in the United States. But um, my oncologist told me that she had a patient who was just a little bit older than I was. He was 37 and he died from the same disease, you know, and Anthony Rumble Johnson died from the same disease. Anyways, like what I, what, what I learned through all these lessons is that, you know, no matter how old you are, no matter how fit or strong or healthy you are, no matter how successful you think you are, no matter how rich you are, no matter fucking what, tomorrow is not promised. Like you could die today or tomorrow and tomorrow's not promised. And so then if you live today, that's your life. Your life is only happening on the day-to-day -day basis. And if today you're alive, 
and you realize that yesterday is gone forever. It's not going to happen ever again. And tomorrow may never come. So then today is your life. And how you live today is how you live your life. So this is what my eyes got open really wide to going through that experience. And it made me value normal things to a way greater degree. Just people don't give like people don't think about their body and they neglect it and they treat it poorly in all kinds of ways. Eat shit food, drink alcohol, you know, smoke on shit and all that. You, I mean, just look around. Everybody's everybody's neglecting their health nowadays. So many people struggle with being overweight and, and shit like that. You know, and this was my biggest realization that what the fuck am I doing, man? And um, after I beat cancer, shortly after my wife got pregnant, and I'll be honest, I kind of got back to living that average life. You know, I was still fucking with weed. I was still smoking some weed. I was drinking alcohol here and there on like occasions and some weekends and shit like that. And then my, my son uh, was about to be born and I'm like, what the hell am I doing? Like, is this why I went through all the shit with cancer and all that? Like, I could have died a year ago. But, you know, God blessed me with strength to beat uh, that disease and overcome this hell that I've been through. And now I'm back to living average life and making all this, you know, being a, being a slave to these bad habits and shit. So I had this enlightening moment. And... uh I was like, you know what? I'm done living this average life. My wife deserves a better husband and my son, and my son deserves a better father. And uh, I was like, yeah, I'm done. I'm done being average. I'm done making these bad decisions. I'm done being a slave to my bad habits. And so I decided to quit, you know, um, you know, smoking and drinking and staying up late and all that and um, I got my habits in check you know and so ever since then I've been waking up early I got my morning routine going solid you know I don't drink I don't smoke I work out basically every day if I'm like very fatigued I'll, I'll take it easy but I'll still keep active you know I'll do some low intensity activity or stretching or some something of that nature but I live I really uh, I don't know if you know what stoicism is uh, but um, there's this uh, stoicism. So that's stoicism, right? And uh, like one of the biggest things is like memento mori, you know? Remember that you are mortal. Remember you, that you will die. And so when you, when, you, when you remember that you will die and you never fucking know when it's going to happen, that can make you appreciate the moment to a way greater degree. Because, look, uh, statistically, about 300,000 people per day die. And guess what? Not all of those people are old. Not all of those people are sick. Some of those people are young. Some of those people are children. Some of those people are teenagers. Some of those people are healthy. Some of those people are rich. Some of those people are successful, depending on what you think success is. But you know what I mean? Um, no matter who you are, no matter what your status is, no matter what your life is like, 
tomorrow is not promised or next moment for that matter is not promised so if you can live with that kind of aware awareness i believe you can maximize your potential as a man shark one of my favorite stoicism uh principles is that if you cannot affect the thing either detrimenting you in that moment then you should not worry about it because it was never in your control so if you have no control over a positive action or a negative action you should stay neutral has this it helped you at all in anything that you've gone through yeah absolutely because um like for example me being diagnosed with cancer at 28 years old i had no control over that at least i didn't know if i had like it just came out of nowhere i thought i was healthy i thought i was fit i uh, you know i i've been an athlete my entire life i never done any hard drugs i mean i drank some alcohol here and there like everybody on the weekends i smoked some weed in college and shit like that but that was it basically it. like i never did any hard drugs i never took any pills never snorted nothing so i i think for the most part i took good care of my body you know but then at 28 out of nowhere i get diagnosed with late stage cancer and i'm like what and the first is a shock right but then you're like okay i actually you know it is what it is i didn't choose that for myself but life is putting me through this challenge and you know um cas demato famous uh, mike tyson coach used to say that you know both a hero and a coward experience the same thing they experience the same fear it's their response to what they experience that defines whether they are a hero or a coward so what's happening to you is out of your control but what's always in your control is your attitude and how you face whatever you're facing how you choose to go through whatever that is that you're going through that's always within your control and that's where your power lies that's what i believe where you where you find your strength and when where you find your power with your in that's you know it's in your ability to face that adversity to face that fear to face that discomfort or whatever that is what whatever that challenge is that you're facing it's not what you're facing it's how you face it Shark, excuse me. I looked on your Instagram and now I can't remember exactly what you were diagnosed with. I believe it was something uh called like lymphoma or something. Is that wrong? It's right. Okay. Lymphoma is a it's basically lymphatic system cancer and and it's a type of blood cancer as well. So we all have uh lymphatic system. It's lymph nodes that are primarily in our neck, armpits, chest and stomach and groin and uh you know the lymphoma is a cancer of lymph nodes is when you're there's tumors on on your lymph nodes i say i say so can you please give us an update to your current condition now how are you feeling day to day and have you spoken to any doctors recently yeah so i was diagnosed with uh stage 3b in 2019 uh in uh 
January 2020, I was already in full remission, means I completely beat it. There was no cancer detected in my body. And ever since then, I've been in full remission. So um, currently, I'm in the great health. I feel amazing. I'm in the best shape of my life. I perform great in the gym. Um, I'm happy. I'm strong. I mean, I'm, I feel I'm, I feel at the top of my game now, and I'm 32 right now. So it's it's gonna be. Uh, it's actually just been four years since I got diagnosed. So, but um, yeah, I'm completely healthy now. That's amazing, Shark. Um, how grateful are you? to be given what I would even call like a second chance. And do you know what the statistics are on somebody with your disease beating it in the time that you did it? Do you know anything uh, about about that? Well, first of all, it's if anything, this is probably at least my third chance <laughs> because uh, when I was 18, I had a cardiac arrest. And I actually did die. My heart stopped for 30 minutes when I was 18 years old. But that's a totally different story. And then it, when I was 26, I had a stroke. So I could have died then. So if anything, this is my third or fourth chance. Uh, but um, to answer your question, as far as what are statistics of people surviving with my uh, type of cancer, I'm not exactly sure. Uh, so I can't answer that question although i remember that my oncologist was very like pleasantly surprised when i was in full remission after only four rounds of chemotherapy and i did the total of eight rounds um so yeah shark why are you so indestructible what the hell's happening? Why, why, how did you have, how did you have a stroke and a cardiac arrest? When did that happen? And what were the reasons behind it? Do you know? Um, so I know for sure why I had a cardiac arrest. Um, I was 18 years old and it was in Ukraine and it was during swimming practice. I was in the middle of a heart set and I just finished it and I felt my heart rate really high. And the long story short, um, I had a heart attack and I went into cardiac arrest and my heart eventually stopped. But then uh, ambulance came in and they um, they brought me back with uh, adrenaline shots and, and something else. And I was hospitalized that day. And after a series of tests, they uh, uh, discovered that I was born with a genetic heart condition called Wolf-Parkinson-White syndrome which uh, basically, <clears throat> so there's, uh, what in one of the arteries in my heart, there was something that's, that wasn't supposed to be there that was kind of going back and forth like this. And when I was swimming in the heart set, I was working hard, my heart rate got up, and whatever that is that wasn't supposed to be there in my heart blocked one of the ways in my heart. And so my heart was pumping and working really hard trying to pump the blood in and out. But one of the one of the ways, one of the arteries got blocked. And so blood stopped coming through. And so that's what caused cardiac arrest when I was 18. But then later I had a surgery and they fixed it, the issue. You know what I mean? And so I've been healthy in my heart ever since. And uh, to answer your question about stroke, uh, I can't give you 
uh, scientific uh, exact like uh, reason why I know I had it, but I think I know why I had it. So at the time I was boxing, uh, an amateur, right? I was an amateur, and my coach told me that I need to cut weight, and I was an extremely restrictive diet. I had no knowledge about nutrition at the time. I was eating about a thousand to twelve hundred calories a day, running up to five miles per day, shadow boxing, jump rope, two sparring sessions per week, and uh, the foods that I was eating were not most nutritious uh, either. So I quickly developed an eating disorder. You know, I would go very strict for days or even weeks at the time. But then it was just a matter of time until I would like say fucking and I would have crazy cheat day, right? And I would binge on thousands of calories in one sitting. And then I would feel very guilty at the end of my binge eating session. And I would be like, oh my God, I hate myself. What the fuck did I just do? I just erased all my hard work and I just, you know, fucked it all up. How do I undo what I just did? And so I would make myself throw up and I would punish myself with more cardio, with more running. And I believe, and I got into this cycle and I repeat, I repeated this over and over again. And I believe that's what caused, um, that's what messed me up mentally first, but then physically, you know, when you make yourself throw up that often, your body, you know, depletes nutrients and stuff like this. And so... I believe me treating my body poorly like that, that's what caused the stroke to happen. I see, I see. Shark, an interesting question. Um, where do you find, what in particular, where do you find the strength to work hard every day? Yeah, so like I already said, memento mori, you know, we're all going to die one day and you never know if it's going to be today or tomorrow. So I live on a day-to-day -day basis. I live one day at a time. And if I wake up today in the morning, I thank God that I woke up because I know that this day wasn't promised to me. Um, and then, you know, I wake up very early and the first things that I do is I take a cold shower and then I meditate. And at the end of my meditation, I always rehearse my day and I ask and I make a promise to myself and I put it out there to the universe and to God. And I make a promise that I'm not going to waste today and I'm going to live and show up as as my best. I'm going to show up as my best self and try to be the best husband for my wife that I can be, the best father for my son that I can be. Be the best role model, role model for anybody who's watching me that I can be, so that I can positive, positively influence people. Because I believe everybody that you meet in life, whether it's in real life or on online, you either affect positively or you infect negatively. You know, and uh, so this is how I live one day at a time, and I take it very seriously. And I believe that this is my purpose. Because even after I die, there's going to be people who I've impacted with my own example, you know. And those people, you know, look around, brother. Look how many people are struggling with 
insecurity, depression, anxiety, you know, um, negative thinking, you know what I mean? Self-limiting beliefs, everything like that. And uh, I mean, it's a lot of people and I've been there. And so because I was able to overcome those demons, I make it my purpose now to lead by example and share with people what worked for me, uh, what I did to overcome those demons, what I did to uh, get out of that hell that, you know, a lot of people are going through right now. Uh, because I believe this is the, be the best way to teach. You know, the best way to teach is not through speaking. It's through showing. It's through demonstrating. And so I made it my purpose to lead by example. Do you think God has touched your life? Well, depends on what you define God by. You know, I, I, I'm not a religious person. I used to be. I grew up Orthodox Christian because that's like main religion in Ukraine where I'm from. But um, now I believe in God, but I wouldn't say I'm, I'm religious. You know, I respect all religions out there. And I think there is truth within all religions, but no religion is actually truth, if that makes sense. So if, I don't know, man. I believe in God and I believe that everything happens for a reason. And, and the fact that so many people die after shit that I've been through and, you know, and I survived all those things that killed a lot of people... I believe that's for a reason. And I believe that I'm still alive for a reason. So, yes. What message do you have for people currently battling cancer that might be listening to you hoping for some advice on what to do? What can you tell them? I, I would say that believe in yourself, that you can do it. If somebody else beat cancer, then you can too. Unfortunately, a lot of people lose their life to this disease. And even I lost some people that I love to cancer. But I believe that, you know, as long as you don't lose faith and you fight for your life and you don't just, you know, give your destiny to doctors and shit like that and say, hey, you take care of it or chemotherapy and then let's see what happens. No, you got to do something. You got to find ways how you can maximize your chances. And that's what I did. You know, I some people told me that meditation can help you change your health and maximize your chances in a situation like that. So I got into meditation and I started doing guided meditations by Dr. Joe Dispenza. And I bought his books, started reading his books and educating myself on the power of the mind and how I can change my life and my health with with my thoughts and actions. Uh, I started doing research on fasting and how can how that can maximize your chances in beating cancer. And I, you know, started implementing that. In fact, starting with my second round of chemotherapy, I was doing four-day fasts. I would stop eating two days before chemo. I would fast a day the day of chemo and the day after. And that's why I believe, do I believe that helped me maximize my chances uh, on beating cancer, with beating cancer? Hell yes, absolutely. 
first of all, like I believe that the work instills the worth. You can't just be a passive person and think that everything will work out for you. You gotta put in work. You gotta educate yourself on how to maximize your chances. You gotta learn about nutrition. You gotta learn about meditation. What else can you do to maximize your health and longevity and all that? So this would be my biggest advice. You know, don't just leave it to the doctors and say, hey, my life is in your hands, you guys. No, your life is in your hands. Don't rely on nobody to come and save you. You got to fight for your life. And if you can look at it from this perspective, and if this is the mindset that you can get into, then you can maximize your chances uh, for survival. Let's say in 20 years time, your child is watching this or listening to this exact um, video or podcast, right? What example are you trying to set for your child right now? Be a man. Be a good man. Be a strong man. Be a leader. Be an honorable man. Keep promises to yourself. Keep your promises to others. And, uh, you know, don't waste your day because your life is only today. So whatever you can do to maximize your potential as a man, as a son, as a husband, as a father, as a friend, as a community member, as a leader, do it. So moving on from our previous topic, let's talk about your accomplishments now. So I already brought up that you're basically Jack, right? So how much strength and conditioning do you do and how much weightlifting do you do during your workout routine over a weekly basis? I do strength training three to four times per week. And I go heavy. I, I would say I go real heavy three times per week. Two of those sessions would be upper body. One of those sessions would be lower body. And then the fourth session is kind of a full body, more conditioning session, a lot of body weight stuff for more volume. That's kind of my split. To be more specific, I do, I really like calisthenics and weighted calisthenics. So pull-ups, dips, push-ups, burpees, things of that nature. I'm, I'm a big fan of it. I feel great training it. I love the benefits and I love the challenge. It never gets easy. So my training split is like uh, Monday upper body session, more focused on the pushing movements. So things like dips and, you know, I'll train muscle-ups. I'll train weighted push-ups. Uh, I might do some dumbbell, uh, you know, pressing movements and stuff like that. And I might do some isolation work for like tricep and bicep, you know. And then Tuesday, I'll do legs and core focus session, which which is what I did today. Uh, that would be like lunges, squats, uh, leg extension, leg curl machine, and then a bunch of core movements like hanging from the bar, knee raises, leg raises, Russian twists, weighted crunches. Russian, you know, stuff like that. And then uh, Thursday would be upper body session again, focused more on the pulling movements. So like weighted chin-ups, uh, pull-ups for volume, rows, 
um, things like that, you know, and a little bit more shoulders. I like to combine back and shoulders more. And then Saturday, I will do like a full body strength and conditioning session. I'm, I like kettlebells. I'll do battle ropes. I'll slam balls. Um, and, you know, um, I always implement boxing with that. So I always prioritize my strength training routine. But I, I'll throw in boxing almost every day, depending on how I feel um, and depending on, like, um, my schedule as well. You know what I mean? So oftentimes, if I know I have a heavy strength training session scheduled, I'll do boxing right after to, you know, for kind of to get that cardio in and just for fun. Honestly, I stopped training boxing for like performance or anything like that. I just do it for my soul, bro. I just love it. I just, it's meditative for me. It's very therapeutic. You know what I mean? I, I, I'm in the moment just practicing these techniques. And sometimes I come in the gym after I watch a fight. And, uh, you know, just recently was Canelo fight. And I came back in the gym and I was practicing setting up that big right hand, you know, after light double jab. I was, like, playing with different timing. I did, I did it with shadow boxing that I did back work. I don't know. I just enjoy it like that, you know. I saw that clip on your Instagram of like the, I think it was like the double jab or the three jab entry into that two. He landed that two very oddly. I would say, I would say it was a little bit of an unorthodox punch. It kind of came off the glove and then hit the top of Charlo's head. So yeah. I was, I was really confused with, um, with, with, with that punch because, because would you consider that, did he throw a straight two or did he throw an overhand? What would you, what would you think that is? I think so. There was a, a bit of a swing to it. It wasn't a completely straight, but it wasn't, it was something in between of, of an overhead overhand and straight. It kind of came like right in the, like, uh, I wanna, what do you call this bone? Like a cheekbone, right? Did he, did he hit him in the orbital or did he hit him on the top of the head? I don't know. I think it was like this area, like around the eye. Um, it wasn't necessarily overhand, but he he did have a little bit of circular motion before he actually threw the punch. So he yeah, loaded. Yeah, that's what it. I mean. That's what I was trying to refer to. Yes. He loaded it. So, um, but yeah, but I think it was at the end of the day, it was more. There was a little bit of a top down, I guess, momentum, but it was more of a straight than an overhand. So. Do you think Canelo is the best boxer of this current era? Because I wouldn't consider Floyd part of the current era because Manny Pacquiao, Floyd, and... Um, that would be the previous era, right? Correct. I would say that's just, that's just the, the next era going on to our current one, which would be, you know, your Tiafimo, your um, and your Canelo. Great question and, and a hard question. I mean, with Floyd in the picture, the answer is easy. F Floyd is the best boxer of, of that era. But without Floyd in the picture, it's kind of hard to, to answer this one because uh, Canelo did lose to Bevo, you know what I mean? And that was fair and square. He got outboxed, you know what I mean? The name of the game in boxing is what? It's to hit and not get hit. He got outboxed by Bevo 
Um, I don't know. I I don't know how to answer this question. Do I think he's the baddest motherfucker out there right now? I do think so. I think I think he deserves a number one pound for pound spot spot right now. I do think so. Um, he's he's certainly the biggest star right now. Um, he has the biggest name in boxing right now. But is he the greatest boxer of this era? I don't know. So, Shark, while you were teaching your class, Sugar Ray Leonard popped in. Did you know that he was going to come in? And uh, when he did, what was that session like? What did that mean to you? Uh, so, yes, I was aware that he was going to show up because uh, a girl who signed him up for this class was a regular uh, member at our gym and she was taking my classes often and she texted me that day and told me that uh, Sugar Ray was going to come to my 5.30 class. I remember that day like it was yesterday. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was really dope. It was crazy. It was surreal for me to teach a class in which a living legend literally is working out. And, uh, yeah, it was beautiful. I mean, uh, it was a, it was not a boxing, boxing workout. You know what I mean? It's a boxing and fitness class. So there's like one round of you on the mid work, you run around and you're on the heavy bag and there's two conditioning stations. One of them being like more strength and dumbbells and kettlebells and stuff like this. And the second one is like cardio with like agility ladders, rowers, assault bikes, jump rope and all that. So it's like, a it's a different workout, uh, but uh, yeah, it was super dope. And after class, we took a picture with him and he has a real nice energy, really cool personality. He's like a very kind person. Like, uh, yeah, it was surreal. It was cool. And uh, it was very nice to meet him and, and, <laughs> and to lead the class with Sugar Ray in it. That's all we have time for, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much, Shark, for coming on the podcast. Is there any final remarks or statements you want to say to the fans at home as we wrap up the podcast? Nothing. I just want to say I hope everybody is living that beautiful life and enjoying their life and maximizing their potential on a day-to-day basis and showing up as their best self for their families, for their parents, for their wives, husbands, children, for their community, and, you know, not wasting their life, which is only today. So I appreciate you all for tuning in, and we'll definitely see you in the part two. Follow Shark on Instagram, link in the description, and subscribe to Anything Combat on Spotify. See you guys next time. Boom.